0: Our Regenerate 2.0 campaign is an opportunity for members of First Baptist Church Athens to support the revisioning of the physical facilities of the church. Within a church that is 191 years old and celebrating its 100th year in this physical sanctuary at 355 Pulaski Street, this is not the first campaign of this type and most certainly will not be the last. Today's podcast provides us with some insight from persons who were known as members of the Cradle Roll, those who were born into First Baptist Athens and are here today. We are asking them to share some of their thoughts on persons and events at First Baptist Athens that were influential in their faith life journey, as well as why they support the Regenerate 2.0 campaign. Today, I'm talking with Kathy Snow Seegers. And Kathy, who in your faith journey at FBC played a significant part in your growth and how?
1: I'd have to say there were probably three or four specific people that played a major role in that. Um, One, of course, would be um, Dr. Jim, who was pastor before, the pastor that I'm most familiar with, and he was played a role in that he had a, kind of a grandfather position. He had retired by the time I was old enough to come to church much, but um, he played quite a role in that, in that he was friends with my family. The second would be Dr. Giddens, Howard Giddens, and he and my father were very close friends, and I revered him. I thought he When I say walked on water, I'm almost laughing because at Sunday school not long ago, we were talking about our baptism experience. Mm -hmm. And my baptism experience was going down into the baptismal pool and being astonished that Dr. Giddens actually wore socks and had (laughs) argyle socks on. And that's all I could think about was he was— and I thought of him as being so holy and so wonderful— and he wore socks, just like everybody else's daddy, which was interesting.
0: I have a question. Did he wear waiters when he was in the baptismal pool? He did not. Oh, okay. He did not. Okay. That's interesting, because I think they now have evolved into some type of a waiter situation. <laughs> which
1: is probably smart. Right. Which is probably smart. I worried that about, well, actually, I thought he also had on his Sunday pants to his suit, <laughs> which I don't know about that, but... Um, I worried that he ruined a pair of pants every every time he did a baptism. But um,
0: and in y'all's baptism, were there was it just you, or were there maybe two or three more folks that good, were in there too?
1: <laughs> good question. We had a class of about ten of us, and we were baptized together. Um, we took the class and then had a baptism the Sunday after Easter, and so I, f- I felt very comfortable because I was with my friends. Okay which my parents told me I was going to take the class. (laughs) Yes. And I loved it because I was with everybody and we got to talk a lot, which by now I'm sure you know I like to do. Yes,
0: that's that's great.
1: So who was your third person, would you say? Third person would be Dr. Harold Cartee. And he was Minister of Music during my high school years. And he organized the, and we, my friends and I, and by the way, several of us are still very close because of our association with Harold Carty. we took choir tours, and we went to Florida, and we went to North Carolina. I mean, this was wide-range travel in that time, and sang. And we had an outstanding choir, and I'll never forget that we did Handel's Messiah with the adult choir that year, one of the years And we were told that we had to memorize it, and we did.
0: That's amazing. So even
1: to this day, my husband will attest to this, I can sing the alto part to the Christmas part of Handel's Messiah just right off the cuff.
0: That is amazing. And I I can relate to that, too, because that's one of my own experiences here at the church with youth choir and Bob Farrell was doing the same thing for us. And so I find that interesting You're the first person that I uh, have a memory of that has talked about you had that same experience in this church, too, just a little while before I did, and that shows that um, what forward-thinking leaders that were here that were looking uh, to find ways to help uh, us, particularly as young people, grow.
1: Not just us as members of First Baptist, but I remember that Harold Cartier started a Sunday evening fellowship group. And um, and it did help that he hit, when they moved here, he had a gorgeous daughter <laughs> in the, in the junior class at Athens High. Uh-huh. And we attracted the football team, the basketball team, everybody. and we had these great fellowship hours where we ate and had a good time together. And since then, many of those people who were not members of our church, as adults have said, that they were drawn to First Baptist because of what Harold Carty did with this fellowship time that he had. And the touring choir played a big role in that.
0: That is outstanding. Yes.
1: And so your fourth person would be? My fourth person would be a woman who was an aide or an assistant in the church nursery when I was small. This would be in the, I would say, late 40s and early 50s. Although I stayed in, because of her, I stayed in the nursery far longer than I should have. I was probably seven before I graduated to go to big church. Her name was Dorothy Doolittle, and she was developmentally delayed. I didn't know that until I was older. My mother, I remember I asked her why she never said anything, and my mother told me because she was special, which um, was fine with me because I love to talk and one of the things that Dorothy Doolittle did for me is she let me preach to her in the nursery and I would spend a whole hour sermonizing telling bible stories um I don't know if this happened when you were here or not but we had they call them leaflets and in the beginner Sunday school class, they passed out at the end of Sunday school a leaflet to take home. For you to take home
0: and had activities you could practice at home kind sure. of things with your family. Okay, sure. Yeah, sure, yes.
1: And always a Bible story inside. And a picture of whoever was in the Bible story on the front cover. It was a couple of pages. As a matter of fact, I kept them until I downsized last year. Wow. So I had them a long, long time. But anyway... I would. I couldn't read, of course, but I'd look at the picture and tell Dorothy Doolittle the story that was on the picture. And she was um, always engaged and focused and that kind of thing. And as an adult, I've looked back on the fact that she influenced me quite a bit in that she let me know that it was okay to talk, to tell people what I thought, to share information with people, and in a way kind of led to my career and led to Instances where I might have been afraid or reticent to speak in front of people, and I haven't been. And she also showed me what a Christian was—not so much what a Christian said, but what a Christian did.
0: That's that's a, a resounding theme that I've heard uh, in some of our talks with others as well. Um, but you do bring that. Um, different perspective there and showing that um, all people have a way of helping to show God's love and helping show us as we grow up uh, how we can grow in that faith, too. So that's very good. Very good. Thank you. Um, What of our past at FBC Athens do you see? And how can this inspire us all to be excited about our future?
1: When I think of growing up in this church, And I was a member of this church until I was 22 years old, and we moved to up north. (laughs) Uh, And I, I look at the church as certainly a congregation, but for me, it was an atmosphere. For me, it was a home that was beyond the borders of my home and my school and my sports and My family. I remember my parents were so active when I was growing up. All of the moms and dads and grandmothers and grandfathers I could go to for anything and did. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, First Baptist was kind of like a melting pot of everybody with one thing in common. Mm -hmm. And since we've been back and have come back south, and moved here, I see the same thing happening all over again. Different people, different perspectives, but one uniting group of people.
0: That is outstanding. And share with us a little bit about, as um, during some of the times you were here, there was uh, a time of probably uh, decision-making about um, how do we grow for the future, um, and share a little bit of that about uh, uh, from your perspective, and then how you see that as we move forward uh, in future years within our church?
1: I would say probably there are two things that come to mind immediately. One was that um, my father and his group of buddies talked all the time about how they could make sure that the church was sound financially for the future. And they talked all the time about, as a matter of fact, they got to be such good buddies that they went to the springtime baseball practice in Florida together. And, uh, and I know that part of that time was spent talking finance and talking money, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the other big issues that I remember is there was a lot of discussion about whether our church should stay First Baptist or should break into smaller churches. Because usually, with Baptists, I'm sure you know, when people, when churches break off, they break off because they got mad at the big church and they formed their own church. That wasn't true That with First Baptist, with Millage Avenue, and with Beechwood. That was a planned thing. Athens was growing, the um, suburban areas were growing. And it was well thought out and well planned. Not everybody was in favor of doing it. But once the decision had been made, everybody was behind it and did what they could. And I remember that as a huge, huge issue in our history. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think that's an important one to help people uh, who may not have that as a point of reference is that um, First Baptist Church Athens has been very missional and intentional And I think your perspective of saying that perhaps in the beginning, everyone may not have been um, thinking it was the best uh, direction to take. However, once the decision was made, there was support. And uh, to this day, we still have those um, interactions with our sister churches, if you would say from that. So that is – and in leading to that, so as that was an intentional um, decision and talking about the money – um what's your thoughts on um our regenerate 2.0 campaign and uh the the things that uh that is going to help us with in in our uh, physical facilities at least and other things as well
1: i think we have a really unique place right now in the athens community we're a downtown church we have opportunities for mission work um and you can see it already um in play when we moved back and joined First Baptist again, I was amazed at the outreach that this church is involved with. Family promise, The I mean, an incredible amount of ways that we reach out to others. Um, and being a downtown church gives us the location and the central opportunity to pair with other churches, which I've already seen happening with us, and to reach out to others and to give even more. And when I stop and think about what my parents would think if they were here today, I think they'd be so proud and so excited to be able to be a part of what we can do in the Athens community.
0: That is outstanding, and it has been so awesome today to have your perspective here, Kathy. Um, I learned some new things, too, uh, today, even though, as I told you in our introduction, I, too, am a cradle-roll person, but it's uh, from a little bit different perspective, and so I have enjoyed so much our talk today and appreciate um, your perspective and also your support of uh, as a returning person to say, yes, we have a responsibility Um, to make sure that our physical facilities are able to be available for us as the congregation, but more importantly for those in the community. And uh, that's one of the stewardship things that we have been tasked with. And I think one of the perspectives I come away with today is you have learned that from your parents and uh, grandparents as well, and you are passing that on to the next generation going forward.
1: It's all good, and it's all exciting.
0: Thank you so much. Thank
1: you.